Blog Talk Radio.
the God of the suddenly. Hallelujah. I just want to welcome everyone that's listening to Reaching Out Radio International uh, right now. This is the program In the Word with Sister Pearl. I am your Sister Pearl. I'm so blessed to be with you another opportunity, another time. God is an awesome God. Don't you just love that song? Not just nice music that we just listened to, but it's so true. Our God is the God of the suddenly. And that's what I'm going to be sharing with you tonight by the grace of God. But I want to just, before I go into the message, I just want to uh, speak to my uh, listening audience and let you know how very much we thank God for you that are listening around the world through uh, the Internet, through Roku, through Apple Podcasts, listening in the great continent of Africa, Asia, Oceania, South America, North America, Europe, some areas in Mexico, the Caribbean, how we thank God for you, how we thank God for this privilege and honor to be in your homes, be in your cars, uh, be wherever you happen to be uh, listening to this broadcast. It is not a coincidence that you're hearing us but it is by God's divine providence that you're hearing this word. And I repeat, he is the God of the suddenly. So no matter what is going on in your life, your circumstance can definitely change. He's a God of the suddenly. He does not uh, always have us in the same situation day in, day out. Sometimes it looks like things will never change, it will never um, come to pass. But let me just remind you tonight in this powerful word that God gave me, that he, not us, but he is God of the suddenly. And absolutely nothing is too hard or impossible with him. The word of God tells us in Isaiah chapter 48 and verse 3, I had declared the former things from the beginning. They went forth from my mouth, caused them to hear it. Suddenly, I did them, and they came to pass. That is the word of the Lord from the book of Isaiah in the Old Testament, chapter 48 and verse 3. Let's just pray and look to the Lord and invite him to be with us in this special time. We're together. Uh, tomorrow, Lord willing, in the United States of America, we're celebrating Independence Day. But uh, wherever you are, you might not be American, you don't have to be American. But God wants you to celebrate your Independence Day. And that means independence of the enemy's stronghold in your life and dependent 100% on God. That's the best dependency that you and I can ever have, to be free of the shackles and the chains that the enemy would like to always have us bound in, to be set free from them, and to be free to walk in the newness 
of life in Jesus Christ. So I'm going to repeat that verse just before I pray. Isaiah 48, verse 3, I have declared the former things from the beginning. They went forth from my mouth, and I caused them to hear it. Suddenly, I did them, and they came to pass. Heavenly Father, as we just approach your awesome throne, we just bow our hearts and our heads humbly before you. So grateful for this opportunity. Uh, to be together again on on this broadcast, Lord God, and through the airway. I can be with my brothers. I can be with my sisters. I can be with people that maybe are not yet in the family of God, but they're listening to this broadcast, and that means that you have a plan. You have a wonderful will for their lives that you want to see them walk into. Dear Lord, I pray that you will draw men and women as they listen to this broadcast, as they listen to this message, will you just put your loving arms around them, draw them to you, woo them, court them, Holy Spirit, bring them, speak words of love to them and draw them to you, Father. In the name of Jesus, Lord, use your handmaid. Let me not say anything that is of my own flesh, but let me speak the words that you put in my mouth, that you put in my spirit, that you put in my heart, reminding me, reminding me of that so very clearly that you are indeed God of the suddenly. Help me to bring this word uh, in such a, a clear way. Anoint your handmaiden, O God. Set people free to come to greater faith in you. And for those who have not expressed any faith in you, may they, Lord God, come to place their trust 100% in you tonight. And whenever they're listening to this word, whether it's morning, whether it's the afternoon, whether it's night, whether it's in the midnight hour, ever they tune in, God, just draw them by your spirit, break shackles that the strong was the strong one has had them bound in for generations. Break every chain of the devil and set every man and woman free, every boy, every girl, listening to this broadcast in Jesus' name. Amen. God of the suddenly. Can you believe what just took place about 10 days ago on a Friday morning, June 24th, by the United States Supreme Court in Washington, D.C.? Wow. The court overturned after almost 50 years of the horrific January 1973 bill, Roe v. Wade, which legalized abortion in all 50 states of the United States government. Finally, the Supreme Court admits that it is not a federal right to kill an innocent child developing in the womb of the mother. Since the dreadful passing of the bill to kill, over 63 million babies have been aborted while suffering a most horrendous, painfully frightening end to their lives. So many people thought there would never come a day when the merciless bloodshed would end. Yet, 
here we are on July 3rd, or whenever you're listening to this broadcast, and Roe v. Wade is no longer the law of the land. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. This ruling will make a tremendous impact in the lives of babies and families, not only in the United States of America, but all around the world. And that's and you might ask me, well, how does this impact the world? Why? Because we all know that the U.S. impacts the world, whether we like it or not. That's just a fact of life. Now, God is not a man that he can lie. He promised that every 50 years there would be a jubilee for the captives. We are now in the 49th year since Roe v. Wade had been made law, entering the 50th year of the times when babies had no rights in America. However, thank God, a great change has taken place, and the Lord has reversed the curse decreed over the most vulnerable within our society. And who are the most vulnerable, you may ask? Babies that are developing in their mother's wombs. During this time of spiritual and natural jubilee, I have a question for you. What is it that has held you captive and in bondage for so very long? What heavy burdens are you believing to be set free from? What happened this past Friday was not just about abortion. I believe something has shifted in the atmosphere worldwide. And those of us who know and love the Lord, we need to believe God for a special time of grace where debts will be forgiven, long-standing strongholds over our lives broken, and God's mercies would be especially manifest within our lives. I welcome you to listen to this evening's broadcast of God of the Suddenly. And I'm going to tell you, take a minute, break away from this broadcast, even for a quick minute, to invite your family, your friends, and everybody that you know to listen. This is an exciting word that God has put in my bosom. It's a word that will challenge you to believe God, to bless you with the suddenly that you need for a tremendous breakthrough and deliverance in your life. Now, to begin with, let us look at the very character of God just for a minute. I'm not going to spend a long time there, but even when we read the first book of the Bible, Genesis chapter 1, we automatically detect the suddens, or what we more often refer to as the suddenlies of God. From the etymological study of the word, the root word suddenly, and etymological means relating to the origin, historical development of words and their meanings. For instance, we look at words that have a root in Latin or have a root in Greek or in Aramaic or in Hebrew. So from the etymological study of the root word suddenly, it means a positive, dramatic interruption in human affairs 
with immediate, spontaneous intervention, provision, releases, blessings, etc. Now, is that not exciting or what? Wow, I'm going to say it again. This word suddenly means a positive dramatic interruption in human affairs with immediate, instantaneous intervention, provision, releases, healings. How many of you that are listening to this broadcast tonight, you need for God to in your life. You need God to provide physical, tangible provision for something or even food, daily necessities, or you need a release, a breakthrough, a blessing after so many years of cursing over your life. And I believe there are many of you that need healing physical healing, healing of your body, but not just physical, healing of your soul, healing of your spirit, healing of your mind, healing of your emotions. Before I continue with this message, which I believe the Lord gave me for both you and me in this hour to be encouraged in this unique season which you and I are living in. Allow me to establish the critical truth that God being who he is and truthful to his divine character is the only one who has the ultimate power and authority over the suddenlies which he wants to take place in your life and in my life. You and I cannot create to the degree intrinsic change of circumstance and the human heart as God has the ability to do. And if you happen to hear a lot of, you know, little like bomb sounds, it's because people are, are all over America tonight practicing the fireworks. So please forgive me if you hear them in the background, but that's what it's all about because we love fireworks to celebrate July 4th. But going back to our message, you and I don't have the, the power and the ability to change the human heart or to change circumstances in people's lives in, in, a, in, in the way that God can do it. Yes, we, God blesses us that we can, you know, to some limited degree, change somebody's life, but never to that, you know, real intrinsic change of their circumstance like how God can do it. The knowledge of this important fact helps to keep me humble. I hope it helps to keep you humble and to understand 24-7 that we are in desperate need of Jesus all the time, all the time. Think for just a minute of the man called the father of our faith, Abraham. He was first called Abraham. He was an old man when the Lord told him that his name would be changed from Abram, meaning exalted father, to Abraham, 
exalted father of many nations. Now, you have to just stop and think for a minute. He is named Abram, which means exalted father. I want you to know at the time that he was named Abram, he had no children. He had not even one child. He didn't even have Ishmael yet. None. His name was Exalted Father. You know, in the natural, every time that he heard his name, he could have felt like his name was a little bit of a mockery. It was a tease. Because in the natural, he had no children. And yet, right in that condition, God tells him, I'm going to change your name from Abram, father, to Abraham, exalted father of many nations. He was a man who was 80 years old, married to his wife, Sarah, and at 80 years of age, still had no children. But remember that God is the God of the sunlight. Yet he would become the great-grandfather. I'm talking about Abraham now. Listen to this. This man who by the age of 80 still had not bore, had not been the father of any children, and he was already over the age of 80. But fast forward, the same man became the great-grandfather to Jacob's 12 sons and the tribes of Israel among us to this very day. Why? Simply because the God whom we serve is not limited by time, neither is he limited by age, by circumstance, or by your condition, or by my condition. He is God Almighty. And so he took Abram, his father, changed his name to Abraham, exalted father of many nations, and indeed caused him to be a natural father of children. And you can read the story. I wish I had the time tonight, but I don't. So I want to keep to the subject of God of the suddenly. But I encourage you to take your Bibles and go to Genesis and read from the first book of the Bible in the Old Testament, the book of Genesis, and you can read chapters 12 through chapters 25 to read about Abram, who became Abraham, who became father of our faith, and the father of many nations. Genesis chapters 12 through chapters, chapter 25. And how about Joseph, one of the great-grandsons of Abraham? He went from being the favorite son of his father, Jacob, to winding up as a slave in Egypt. Now, that was definitely a bad situation, which he found himself in. Now, he got in that situation because uh, his, his half-brothers, they hated him. They envied him because he was his father's favorite son. However, 
due to his good work ethic, plan of God working on Joseph's behalf, even though he was sold into slavery as a slave, he found himself soon as the head worker in his master's house. So his master put him over all of the other slaves in his house. See, Joseph's name means no matter what was happening to him, he would always wind up increasing. So here was Joseph betrayed by his half-brothers. They really wanted to kill him, but one of his other brothers you know, saved his life, and instead of them killing him, they wound up selling him as a slave. Then as a slave in Egypt, now he's, he's promoted to be the head worker for his master. However, once again, because of him being a man of integrity, not willing to yield to his lustful master's wife, filed himself with her sexually, she spoke to her husband lied on Joseph, her husband had him thrown in prison. So now things look even bleaker or darker for Joseph. But remember that God is the God of the suddenly. And with just one encounter with the Pharaoh, God moves on the Pharaoh's heart to make Joseph second only to Pharaoh was the leader of the known world at that time in history. Not only did God suddenly change Joseph's circumstance, but the very same brothers who previously wanted to end Joseph's life and had him thrown in a pit to be sold to foreigners as a slave, but God had it so that those brothers, same brothers, years after, had to come and kneel before Joseph to seek food to be able to sustain, sustain and support their father and their own families, even though they didn't know at the very time they were seeking help from Joseph that he was Joseph. But they did find out eventually. So here we see that God took Joseph to the prison, and then suddenly the palace was God of the suddenly. Now, for you to understand that entire story, I know I didn't have time to get into the details with you, but I'm going to tell you where you can find that wonderful story. Read again the first book of the Bible. Genesis chapters 37, all of those chapters, 37, 38, 39, 40, 41, and go all the way to chapter 45 to get the full story of what happened to Joseph and how God worked miraculously and suddenly we have. And let me just say what God has done for Joseph, he can do for you. Then there's Esther who was an orphan child, an orphan, had no mother, had no father. I believe they had since perished. They since had died. And she was being raised, being reared by her cousin, who was really more like a very good uncle to her. 
She lived a simple life with her guardian and caregiver. His name was Mordecai. But she was suddenly transported from living a simple life with her cousin to becoming the queen to the king of the land and eventually being used of God to save her people, the Jewish nation, from total destruction. You can read her story and that complete story in the book of Esther in the Old Testament. The book of Esther has all the story of what happened. Now, God suddenly took another young man by the name of David. He was tending to his father's sheep. Prophet Samuel came to Jesse's house. Jesse was David's father. And, and Samuel, the prophet of God, anointed David as the one who would eventually become king over Israel. Wow. How, how could David be one day his father's sheep as a shepherd boy, and then the next day he's anointed as the one who would eventually become king over all of Israel. Because God is God of the family. That's why. I could give you example after example of how God intervened and interrupted the enemy's plan to bless his people, not only for the individual's sake or for that individual person to be blessed, but to benefit the masses that he was going to use that person to be instrumental in their lives and to bring his divine will to pass. You can read all about David's story in 1 Samuel chapter 16 all the way to the second book of Samuel chapter 5. And you'll learn about how David was anointed when he was just a simple and a, 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 a meek little shepherd boy and how God totally changed his circumstance to become the king of Israel because God is God of the suddenly. That's why. And God can do anything at any time in any way that he pleases because he is God. And we honor him and we respect him and we revere him as God because there is no one else like him. That's who our God is. We think of just what most people would see as an ordinary, very young Jewish female virgin teen who was living her life simply to honor her God and her parents. But all of a sudden, she receives a visit from an angel sent from God to tell her that she will have a child, even though she knew no man sexually at that time, but that the Holy Spirit will hover over her her to give birth to the Savior of the entire world forever and all time. Mary would be the vessel God would choose and God would use to give birth to his only begotten son, the Lord Jesus. And where can you find that story? That story is found in the New Testament, in the Gospel of Luke, 
chapter 1, the gospel according to Luke, to 1, verses 26 through 38, and chapter 2, you can read all that way, good understanding of, of what happened with Mary, and then you can also find this story in Matthew, the first book of the gospels in the New Testament, Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 24. I look at Saul in the New Testament. Saul in the Bible, before he had his Damascus experience with the Lord, found in Acts chapter 9. You talk about a suddenly, he's being used as an instrument of the enemy, devil. He is persecuting the church, having many of them killed. Next thing we see about Paul, he gets this miraculous visit from the Lord on the road to Damascus, and the Lord totally and very suddenly sends him on a whole totally different trajectory. My goodness. Talk about God totally turning a person around, changing them from going down the wrong road and turning them around to go the right road. Saul was transformed from a horrific and probably the worst enemy of the church of the Lord Jesus at that time to be used of the Lord so greatly, he wrote under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit the majority of the New Testament epistles teachings. Wow. That's our God. He's a God of the suddenly. I remember thinking as a grown woman serving in a foreign nation. I remember one particular evening, I was coming back to my apartment in this foreign nation. I was thinking about how much I love children. I would have loved to have children of my own. I remember the tears just running down my face, and I was so happy that I had sunglasses that I could put them on so people couldn't really see what I was doing. I remember I was standing up. I was not seated, and I positioned myself in a corner so people couldn't really see what was going on. But God knew what was going on. God knew what I was experiencing, what I was sensing. And without me pursuing, now listen carefully, without me pursuing that desire of wanting children of my own, without me pursuing that whatsoever, God gave me a suddenly where my daughter was literally placed in my hands. Now, I did not realize at the time she was placed in my hands that she was to be my daughter, but God definitely gave me a suddenly, and that baby girl became my daughter. But I could not love her any more than if she came from my physical womb. She carries my name. She has my heart. Now she's a grown, beautiful young woman today because of Jesus and only because of Jesus. He is the God of the suddenly people. 
He has blessed me with so many wonderful children. He has truly made me the woman that is talked about and mentioned in Isaiah chapter 54, verses 1 through 3. And I'm going to challenge you to go and read that when you have an opportunity. You don't have to read it now. But do read that, Isaiah chapter 54, verses 1 through 3. And I cannot praise and thank him enough for doing so. What an awesome God I serve. What an awesome God you serve if you follow and love the Lord. He is awesome. And that's how come I only reserve that term for for God and God alone. Then the Bible talks about something that I want to talk about with sing to tonight's broadcast. It's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 through 11. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. I love verse 11. And such were some. You were washed. You were sanctified. But you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the spirit of our God. And so why did I read that? What does that have to do with God being a God of the suddenly? I'm going to tell you right now. So please listen carefully. You and I are living in a culture that sadly wants people to think that things cannot ever change or get better. So if people are confused, if you've got a bunch of people that are confused, the society and the culture that we live in They want you to think that you've got to stay confused. If if some people are deceived, the culture of death that we live in, they want you to remain deceived. People are living beneath the wonderful plan that God has for their life. A great amount of people that would like to see those individuals stay in that condition and even maim themselves, cut their bodies, manipulate, deform their bodies from the way that God created them so that they can stay bound and even go further under the grip of Satan. This is the culture that we're living in today. Sad to say, but that's the stronghold and the grip that the enemy, Satan, the devil, has people under. Of course, you and I that are blood washed, that have been forgiven of our sins, that have been saved, that have been redeemed, that have been changed, that have been catapulted from darkness and into his light, that's not us. And that's how come Paul the apostle tells the church at Corinth in chapter 6, he said, some of you that are sitting right here in the church right now, don't be deceived. 
living in sin and you're not repentant, you're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. And some of you that are in the church right now, this was your condition. This was our condition before we came to know the Lord. All right? We were deceived. Some of us were fornicated. Some of us were idolaters. Some of us were adulterers. Some of us were homosexuals. Some of us were sodomites. Some of us were lesbians. Some of us were thieves. Some of us were covetous. Some of us were drunkards. Some of us were revilers. Some of us were extortioners. But we've been washed. Hallelujah. By the blood of Jesus. And sanctified. God did us suddenly in our lives. Now, not only have we been washed, we've been set apart for God's purposes. Not only were we sanctified, but we've been justified because of Jesus, not because of our own worthiness. God forbid it. None of us are worthy to receive God's blessings and forgiveness. You're not worthy. Please don't think you are. I'm not worthy. I know I'm not. But God is worthy. And he loves you. He loves me so much that he washed us, that he justified us, that he sanctified us by the spirit of our God. So while the devil would like people to remain in sin and darkness and shame and confusion and deception and lies and to remain bound, chained, not able to be what God had ordained from them for them to be before the foundations of the world, I'm here to give you good news. God is ready to do a suddenly life, translate you from going to hell following darkness, lift you out of muck, dirt, filth, slime, and bring you into kingdom, wash you clean, make you whole, break those chains, break those fetters, break those shackles over your life, over your mind. This is the same reason that some individuals and groups are very angry and annoyed because Roe v. Wade was overturned. They were able to legally slaughter babies with the federal law for almost 50 years. And now that is, that is no longer the law of the land, wicked and deceived people are upset that an evil and a very wrong law has finally been reversed. Those that love God, that understand scriptures, that we know that God hates the shedding of innocent blood, we're ecstatic. We're excited. We're not sitting with our hands, you know, folded and tied, and and now we're just going to sing Kumbaya. We know that the battle is not over. Roe v. Wade was a federal law, but now it's up to the states. And many states want to continue freely murdering babies in their mother's wombs. 
They don't like the suddenly that God did. But God did a suddenly. And God wants to do a suddenly, not only for the babies that are developing in their mother's wounds, but he wants to do a suddenly in your life. For those of you that know the Lord, that love the Lord, but you have been going through something that you could hardly bring yourself to even talk about. It's been a rough ride recently. Will you just believe God with me as I'm believing God for my own self and believing God for you, that in this time of jubilee, it was 50 years. Next year, January, will be 50 years since Roe v. Wade was written into law. I'm going to challenge you and encourage you to believe God for a release, a breakthrough for you. Perhaps there are things that the enemy has been trying to abort in your life and has already destroyed certain things in your life. But I want to let you know that a change is coming. And for those of you that don't know the Lord, so it's, it's, it's even hard to understand some of what I'm saying because you've had no second birth. You've had no time where you repented of your sins and you've invited Jesus Christ to be Lord over your life and to be the one in full control of you. I have a wonderful scripture for you. It's taken from 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17. It reads like this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things, the way, behold, all things have become new. And that's what happens to every man and every woman, every boy, every girl, when they confess of their sins and they believe in their heart, Father raised Jesus, his son, from the dead, and that Jesus has the power to give them brand new life, a second birth, a spiritual birth, where the enemy is no longer in control of your life. You are no longer in control of your life. But Jesus is the one in control of your life. He is your king. He is your Lord. He is your master. No longer the enemy. Wow. That is the greatest suddenly on planet Earth that can ever take place. I'm going to read it again. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, I can put in that term here, even though it's not in the scripture, but it's, it, 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 it's appropriate. Suddenly, he's a new creation. All things the way. Just like that. Behold, all things become new. Now, don't misunderstand. It doesn't mean that when you become a daughter of Christ, a son of Christ, because you put your faith in Christ, that you will never struggle 
with some of the old strongholds that the enemy had in your life for years. Sometimes we do struggle with some of that only because he's changing us from glory to glory to glory. And our understanding as, as we are in the word of God, as we sit under good teaching, as we read the word of God, as we pray, as we let the Holy Spirit work in our lives, then we see drastic changes come to pass. But I can tell you honestly that a lot of people that I've met, when they come to true faith in Christ, instantly things begin to change. It's not always that everything changes overnight, but they do become instantly a new creation. They instantly become a new creation. The old things, the old things become not so acceptable to them any longer. And all things become new. That's a promise. You have to believe God for that. Then God has given us another promise. It's found in First Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 23, and it reads like this. For you yourselves know full well that the day of the Lord will come just like a thief in the night while they are saying peace and safety, then destruction will come upon them suddenly, like labor pains upon a woman with a child. They will not escape. Question for you that are listening to this broadcast, whether you're listening to the live broadcast or you listen on demand whenever you have the opportunity. Are you ready for that most important suddenly can take place any day now? Are you ready for that? You and I need to make sure that we're ready for that suddenly. For the suddenly of God, when he returns in the person of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, Jesus told us that he was going to go away, but that he would come back a second time. I have to know that I'm ready for that second time. You've got to know that you're ready for that second time. Prayers I'd like to pray, and I will pray I'm going to stop a little bit early tonight so that I can spend the remainder of the minutes in prayer with you, for you. I want to believe God for breakthroughs in your life. First, let me pray for those of you that don't know the Lord yet, but you see that you do need God. You realize that you've been doing things your own way. You know, you've come, you've come up with your own plan. You've been working your own plan. And at the end of the day, you know, if you're going to be honest, that's not working out very well. And, and more importantly, you know that you've sinned against God. Come on, be real. You have not done everything that God wanted you to do. You've, you've offended God. You've, you've disobeyed God. You've gone your own way, done your own thing, worked out your own plan. God didn't think about why God created you and 
and how can you, you know, get in alignment with what he has for your life. This is your opportunity tonight. It's time. This is now what? In in U.S. time, Eastern Daylight time, it's now 9.54. It might be, it will definitely be three hours earlier on the West Coast. And you might already be, it might already be Monday for you, depending on what nation you're living in. All right? Or it might just be in the wee hours of the night when I'm doing this broadcast live or whenever you're listening to it or whenever you're going to listen to it. But I could honestly say it's, you know, in my times, July 3rd, 2022, if you're not giving over your life 100% to Jesus, it's high time that you did that. Do you see the world that we're living in? This is no joke. This is not a time to be playing with your only soul salvation. You don't have 10 lives, like a like nine lives, like we say a cat has nine lives. You don't have nine lives. You've only got one life. I've only got one life. I've got to live it for Jesus, for the devil. There's no in-between. And you might say, oh, I'm not living my life for the devil. I, I just live my life for me. Let me tell you something. In God's eyes, we're either with him or we're with the devil. There, there is no gray area. God. There is no, I can live my own life. I'm not following the devil, but I'm not following God either. No, no, no. If you're not following God, you are following the devil. He is the one who's the master of your life. He's just letting you think that you're in control, but you're not. I can tell you that flat out. And if I had time, I could show you a lot of scripture to prove it. No, you're not living for yourself. You're living for the devil, okay, if you're not living for God. But if you believe Lord Jesus rose from the dead, like I said, and that he is the Savior of the world, and he can save you and transform you, then I want you to repeat after me. I'm going to pray a prayer, and I can't save you. Nobody else can save you. Only God can save you. But if what I'm saying is what you'd love to say from your heart, you know, I can help you. You can just repeat after me, but believe in your heart, and you open your mouth. It's by the confession of your own mouth. Don't even just say it quietly. Open your mouth. Go into a room where it's only God and you can hear. Maybe you go to the bathroom or wherever you can go. Just get some peace of mind. Just repeat after me. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name I come. I know that I'm a sinner. I humble myself and ask you to forgive me of all my sins. God, wash me clean. I fit into that category that Sister Pearl spoke about in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, but I don't want to stay in that condition. I want you to change me. And so I believe that when you send your Holy Spirit now, that he will give me the power to say no to the devil to say yes to you. So I invite you, Holy Spirit, come and have your way. Do a suddenly, transform my life suddenly, Lord God. I pray and help me to love you, follow you, get into fellowship, get into the company of some good Bible-believing men and women of God who I can grow with, I can learn with, 
and I can, you know, walk alongside. Thank you, Lord, for hearing my prayer and for making me your child. Give me the the desire to follow you with all my heart in Jesus' name. Amen. And so, Father, I pray for everyone who prayed that, that they will totally be committed to you. I pray like the Apostle Paul, that I know who I believe in, and I know that you're able to keep every man, every woman, every boy, every girl that prayed that prayer. I dedicate them to you for your purposes until the day of Jesus Christ. And now I pray for those of us that are listening, and we're believing God to do what only he can do. I pray that God will do a suddenly in your life and that you will believe God, whether it's to heal your body, heal your marriage, heal your heart that's been broken, heal your physical body that's been racked with pain and disease, that God will heal you, that God will deliver you, and that it would come about suddenly. And most of all, that all of us that are listening to Reaching Out Radio International in this broadcast, in the word with your sister Pearl, that when Jesus comes back suddenly, that not one of us listening to the sound of my voice will be lost. All of us will be ready for that suddenly when Jesus will return. What a wonderful day that will be. We're looking forward to that day to be forever with the Lord, to be in a place where there's no more sickness, there's no more sadness, there's no more disappointment, there's no more separation, there's no perversion, there's no evil, there's no wickedness, but it's all wonderful in the presence of the Lord because God is God of the suddenly. Until next week, this is your Sister Pearl and Reaching Out Radio International with In the Word with Sister Pearl. God bless you. I love you so much, but Jesus loves you so much more. Bye-bye.